Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unfolding Sharp Corners, a podcast creating a community space to discuss all the taboo topics we're told not to talk about. I'm Barthi Rupani, and this is my co-host. Hi, everyone. I'm Sherry Arathachin. And in each episode, we'll be unfolding a sharp taboo topic, exploring a variety of perspectives, and finding a new relationship to it. All right, let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Barty and Sherry, and we're here with Ashley Bradley today. Hi, how are you? Good. Wow, I'm so excited you're here. I know. I'm so excited. This is our first one for after a break. I'm just excited to be back at it. Thanks for inviting me, and thanks for really encouraging me to bring a topic that felt sharp and (laughs) unfolding and all the things. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I'm glad that we were able to push you to do that. (laughs) So Ashley, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, the topic that you'll be talking about today? Yeah. So we are going to be talking about motherhood and marijuana And I am a mom. I do have two toddlers. I have a 16 month old daughter. My son turned four recently. I have a business and there's been, I know we were talking about the whole like evolution of me, like stepping out of just like, you know, intuitive business coach and being like, I'm a business mystic and I'm going to claim all these like taboo sort of weird, strange parts <laughs> that I'm really <laughs> stepping into. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like um, I guess that's me in a, in a nutshell. And I think that this topic has been on my mind a lot. It's been I, a little less than a year ago that I like since my early twenties have developed my own relationship with cannabis again. And it looks yeah. really different from being like, you know, in my college years, maybe there was like, I feel like there's a few months where I like dabbled at one point and it kind of disappeared, but with it becoming like legalized in the state of California mm-hmm. and we were entering into a pandemic last year, like, you know, there was new things on the table to consider and to look at and, now we're here talking about it publicly. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that you use the pandemic as a time to re-explore your relationship with marijuana and cannabis. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's interesting because I I feel like everyone has different thoughts on it. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm almost curious to like hear from you guys about like your thoughts because everyone has such a different relationship and I don't know if you guys are even willing to like share that. I have this tendency to like <laughs> ask questions when I'm supposed to be the answer. That's okay. <laughs> oh yeah. This That's is totally so a conversation. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I love it. And I feel like if we are asking you to talk about it, we should be able to talk, to talk about okay. it too. Cool. Even if it feels a little like, uh, especially if it feels taboo, that's the whole point, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like for myself, um, I was never against it. Mm-hmm. Um, for other people, for myself, I was sort of like, I was always worried about jobs and, and drug tests and stuff like that because of my career path before. Yeah. Um, but then uh, it was actually something that was like a deal breaker in my marriage. I was like, or before we got married when we were dating, and then it's, it's obviously shifted for us. Um, I was like, no, definitely not. Um, I think right now my position is like, I, I do use it. Um, but it's like, I'm mainly worried about like legalization and the people who are in prison that have been Mm -hmm. in prison incarcerated like the population that's been 
um, abused, you know, in, in this using marijuana and like, and getting that money mm-hmm. into getting people out into rehabilitation to getting them jobs. And the other thought I have is around like younger children using it and like that it's more acceptable, but just like any other substance, like it does affect a developing brain, you know, and, and, and wanting to like have healthy relationship to it as a child, just like we should have a better relationship with alcohol and everything else where it's not that like binging life, but yeah, personally, I, I, I don't mind it. I have no problem with it. (laughs) Yeah. Same. Um, Very similar. The only reason I didn't really explore, you know, head first is because career path and, and still to this day, even though so many states have started to the legalization process, your work, you know, you may get drug tested and like, I don't want to have to like deal with the consequences of all of that. Um, But with that said, yes, I like marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun to like feel the taboo of saying that out loud. Yeah. Just like (laughs) interesting, like how it's like, in such a different category than alcohol. Like I, I just get, I think I get really curious about that. And we were talking about like how like moms and wine, like go mm-hmm. together, but then it's like, you say like moms and marijuana or something. And it, it has like such a different vibe to it. And yeah. I think I get really curious to think about that. Yeah. I think the thing, the main thing that um, we, we've created a society where it has people call it like the gateway drug. And it's just like this, Oh, you know, and you're criminal if you smoke it or, or eat it or whatever. And really we're, I mean, how is cannabis any different than alcohol? And it's really not. And studies have proven that time and time and time again, and so it isn't a gateway drug and it isn't this horrible thing. So I'm, for me personally, I'm really hopeful that states are um, legalizing it and decriminalizing it. And I know that in the state of New Jersey, they're taking steps to actually help those that have been previously incarcerated about um, for having possession of marijuana. So it's just like, to me, this is like new hope that all of this is changing and it's going to change throughout all of the different states. Yeah. I think we had a guest on our podcast and it was on a plant medicine episode and this guy was specifically talking about cannabis and we had asked him like why we felt like there was this stigma with it or like that people are still being incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And he explained that, I guess at one point, like pharmacists, I want to say might get the state wrong, like the 1940s or something like that. They all had like cannabis tinctures and things of that nature behind the counter and that there was some people that could not afford it. And many of them were the black and Mexican communities and that they were growing their own to be able to use it. And so it seemed like it kind of became this way to imprison people of color. And um, when he was breaking it down like that, there's definitely um, a lot of things that I see (laughs) being problematic about that. And we had this whole 
you know, year that was really focused. And I hope the conversations keep going about racial yes. justice and these like systems that are in place. And it's like, that is still in existence, even mm-hmm. though people might not even realize it. Yes. Um, and so I don't necessarily have a solution for that, but I do think that it's like, it's very much wrapped up in the way that we see it and view it. And even mm-hmm. like the stereotype that we've been fed, I think yes. to, to see it as. So that's all a big deal. I think right now for sure. Yeah, I agree. There's also um, the history of it. It definitely includes what you're talking about with the pharmacies and um, folks growing it on their own, but there's also um there was a war against alcohol that had just ended too. Mm. Prohibition ended and they needed, they needed to justify that part of the government's organization. And I can't remember exactly, maybe it was DEA and they had to justify their existence. So, they said, okay, alcohol is no longer the gateway drug. Therefore, marijuana is. And let's go after all of these pharmacies and uh, personal growers. And that's wow. that's some of the history behind all of that. Wow. Yeah, I feel like a big, a big piece of um, repair around this is also that the people who either the people who are incarcerated or or not, maybe they've never been incarcerated, but they get first go at yes. making money off of it again. Yes. Now, like the people who are making money off of it are the people who had access to capital and all this mm-hmm. time to like build yes. that, you know. Um, but anyway, I feel like we could probably dig into this for a long time. <laughs> but I, I'm curious about for Ashley, for, you know, what is it about the intersection with this and motherhood? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. where, where are the places that you might feel the sharpness you know, the most, or when is it more, most aware to you? I think it's like around the judgment of it. And I think like, even thinking of like my own mom, even though I'm like out there talking about it, like on podcasts, I have never gone to her directly, nor should I feel like I should need to and be like, I like utilize cannabis and (laughs) sacred relationship that I have with it. So yeah. That is update. <laughs> yeah. And so I think it's, um, yeah, I think when it comes to like talking about it with family who I think they have like a more rigid, like identity of how they see you. And they, I feel like at times they almost see you like in this later, you know, or yeah. this earlier stage, yes. not like who you've evolved, this ever evolving being. And so I think it feels stickier like around family and like being open, but then knowing that like they might hear about it and sort of just being okay with it. And I, Mm. there's definitely that uncomfortableness that I feel in my body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Talk Mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm realizing like, we're going to be doing a whole series around motherhood and I imagine we're going to also bump up against sort of this, hyper romanticized vision or ideal around mothers and motherhood and the way you you're supposed to be um Mm. especially as a woman and a mother um yeah so 
we're sort of at like where you're at right now. But, you know, even maybe we can go back a little to like um, where you were before and how even the shift to where you are now, Mm -hmm. how did that journey happen for you? Around the cannabis specifically? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I remember that we were about to go into lockdown in March of last year, oddly, Mm -hmm. almost a year ago, like when the major lockdowns were coming. And while I like the idea of like wine and like having some cocktails, there was a conversation with my husband and I was like, I just, I feel like shit though. And like, I need to be like awake in the morning. The kids wake up early and I need to like not feel like because I had one glass of wine and I don't drink that I have a hangover. And that's how I would feel from drinking a glass of wine. Is it like, it just felt like it really took a toll on my body and that it just kind of wasn't worth it. But I do think that I liked that idea of that relaxation or having something to like wind down at night. And so, um, there's this like, weed store that looks like kind of like the Apple store. Like, like it's very like technological, like, and there's like tablets and it's crazy. And you see it like passing on the freeway and it's like very beautifully decorated. So I was like, why don't we just go there? Like, I mean, we're going to go into this lockdown. Like shit is weird right now. Let's just go get some stuff. (laughs) Like why not? It is legal. Yeah. And it was like, do this right like it's legal we can go in there and buy it so it's okay yeah oh, I'm hearing the taboo yeah. <laughs> yeah like we really kind of wrestled with it there's even been conversations where my husband will be like well like let's go drive to the place and you can go in and pick it up and I was like is that weird if like you're bringing kids you can't bring them in there but I'm like I'm like why am I even wrestling with this like people bring their kids in BevMo to go buy some beers or we go for my husband to pick up his like stout beers or whatever he likes at the different breweries he wants to try. And I was like, so I'm like, it's just so interesting to me, like how I feel so uncomfortable with it. Or like, I'm doing something that makes me like this shitty mom, like, and, uh, I really like wrestle with that. And there's times where I like really have to like use comparisons to show me that like, okay, like this, this is the same thing essentially. Right. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about, uh, you know, how are you feeling that like in your body, where does that taboo, like, where do you Mm. feel it and notice it? Mm. And then, and how are you moving it out of you? Yeah. So it's funny because I did notice that I feel it like in my solar plexus. And I think that it's probably because it's like, it's wrapped around identity. And I think that there's a lot of identity things with it. And I very much grew up as the girl that was such a rule follower that just wanted to be very perfect and be the A student and just seem like she has it all together. And so this feels very different, (laughs) completely different. And, um, I feel like I tend to do better with things when I can just interact with them. And I, I think I've learned from, all of the other things that I've carried shame around in life that it tends to like fester and like Mm -hmm. really create, um, 
a lot of nasty, like internal side effects, you know, Mm, and challenges mentally, um, if, if I do hide it away. And so I think that from learning that, like when I notice it, I think that that's like my, my, uh, way is like, I guess, just talking about it, interacting, letting it be uncomfortable, like seeing that, like nothing happens that no one like, like there's no tabloid articles coming out about me. (laughs) I don't know, you know, TMZ. (laughs) Unfortunately, TMZ is not going to write about it. Um, Yeah, I don't think it's headline news by any means. I also think that, um, go ahead. I was just going to just make a comment. Like, I think we all feel this way right now. I really think that in the next couple of years, all of this is going to shift. And then we're going to be having this same conversation for something else like maybe about I don't know mushroom. mushrooms yeah <laughs> like like and that's gonna be just as mind-blowing okay right literally <laughs> I did see well I mean I totally think that psychedelics are um, plant medicines are like mm. coming back into the mainstream um yes. there's this really odd show called weird city. That was a YouTube original and it's supposed to be in the future. And they were drinking like pomegranate juice, electrolytes, and it had like meth in it as well. And that was like the future. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's <laughs> had progressed to that. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot even for me. I'm pretty like open, but wow, that would be pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, like what in the moment when you're like, deciding you want to tell your mom or talk to your mom about it or be more open or even come on a podcast and talk about it. What gives you the courage to say like, no, I don't want to, I want to, I want to talk about this. I want to be open about it. I think that part of it is like that taboo persona work that I've been doing of like really leaning into the parts that do feel uncomfortable, but that are also a part of my truth. And I like have really sat with that. And, um, a lot of it was like, I feel like I tend to do a lot of personal development work, like to related to business, you know, and like kind of my purpose and all of that, but then it floods into the rest of life, luckily. Mm. And I think that there's like a realization that when all of these, messy, like truthful pieces are there that it's a lot more interesting and it's a lot Mm -hmm. more me. And, and, um, I think that for me, it's like, I don't know that it feels like courage. I think it feels uncomfortable still, (laughs) but I think that that's like my, my thought behind it is just like coming more and more into the forefront of like, Mm -hmm. who, I really know myself to be and not feeling like I have to have some kind of facade or perfect image like I really made up that I needed in years in the past to be like a value you know or like loved and accepted and um I don't know I don't really feel the need like to tell my mom it's like would I feel the need to like tell her that I started drinking IPAs again like not really so I guess I'm like I guess I'm like just realizing that it's kind of like if she's going to ask directly, I'm going to be truthful, mm-hmm. but I don't really feel like I need to like inform her as a 37 year old woman either. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, I see you choosing yourself or 
choosing the internal experience over the external right. or the other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think about my mom mostly because I think that that was like the biggest thing of like, well, what would she say or what would she think? Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. Like, I think at some point I realized that like, I can't let this like 12 year old version of me, <laughs> like yes. yeah. my life. And so I don't, I don't know, like, but it's just, um, yeah, as messy as it is, you know, to think about how it could play out. I really don't think there's too much drama that would come of it. It might be a conversation and then um, moving on from it, you know, she'll probably, she's the type that would follow up and have questions and like, well, what about this? Or what about in this situation? Or, you know, like, but I don't know who knows. I try not to like get into like the, the playing out of what ifs. Cause we know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're going to end up, you know, living in a box on sidewalk, <laughs> right? Like that's the, that's where it leads us to, or, or your version of that. <laughs> um, I, I do want to just, I am sure you've noticed this already, Ashley, but it's interesting to me to hear you be worried about telling your mom and you are a mother yourself Mm. like this you're making this choice as a mom that this is going to be good for you (laughs) like you're feeling like you have to um still you know play that daughter role and explain to her like well this is what I have to do to be you know keep my sanity and to wind down or, or whatever it is. It is interesting now that you point it out. I think I definitely have a very complicated relationship with my mom. And I feel like there was a lot of healing that I did on my side over the summer that I think likely is what like led me to just be like, fuck it. I'm just going to be me and not put everything through that filter. But there was a lot that was like really hidden. Like, like I felt like still like, there's a lot like she's totally like a secret cigarette smoker. There's like a lot <laughs> uh, that I felt like was always like hidden, even though like even as kids, we like knew or could see it. I'm pretty sure like I found joints and things like that growing up. But then you would ask her and it was always like very much like secretive. So I yeah. think I kind of just also grew up in a household where there wasn't like people were not talking about things with their kids. And I feel like I do see a shift with that now. Cause I think yes. that my friend's kids, like she was telling me that their 13 year old got in trouble for like vaping, like weed at school and that they do it. And it was very much a conversation of like, okay, well, when you get to the right age, age. Like, I yeah. support it, but you were not of this age. Yeah. And, um, I think it was like, I think it's been helpful to see parents that are talking about it with their kids in the same way that they would about alcohol yeah. and, and to, um, I guess reframe it or give me a different experience or perspective on it for myself. Yeah. I do think that the, um, the generations right now that are having kids and having to talk to their kids, it's very different than what we, the conditions that we grew up under. Right. I, I don't think in our generation it was common for our parents to talk to us about all of the things that we experienced. <laughs> not my parents. That's yeah. sure. <laughs> you guys Definitely not. Kind of thing where everything was just like secretive. We don't, yeah. talk about- we yeah. don't talk oh about gosh, anything. Yeah. 
we don't talk about anything. So, so yeah, that definitely resonates. Um, my next question for you is, you know, what advice or actions would you have for our listeners that want to explore whether, regardless if they're mother or not, or father or not, <laughs> like they, they want to explore this relationship with cannabis and. I would say to like, think about the relationship that you want with it, like before yeah. maybe you step into it, because I think that there was, um, there's definitely a lot of stereotypes and there's definitely people, I think just like with alcohol or with weed that have like kind of more dependent relationships on it. And I think that like, I was calling it a sacred relationship that I, I really wanted to make sure that I was not like dependent on it all the time or feeling like I needed it like every day to like, that it was like, I need to get through things or I don't want to feel this, that it was like, that it was more of like, like, I want to consciously step into this or like, oh, like, I really like, like, you know, if I'm meditating or if I'm tuning in and I'm going to like, take this like self-care bath, this, I do feel like it sinks me into this like deep meditative, intuitive place. And so I think that, um, I don't know if it's maybe like the coach side that we just like think about things like that, but (laughs) the relationship, you know, but I do think that, really thinking about the relationship and like where you might, um, just based on your personality, mm-hmm. um, know yourself to go or where, where, where you might have like some hard lines of like, I'm not using it in this way, or like, this is sort of the only the, the ways that I feel comfortable inviting it into my life. I think that I would encourage people to think about that. And also to talk to the people, like, I don't personally, I don't consider myself a cannabis this expert, but mm-hmm. I think like having friends or the people at these like dispensaries that know what yeah. they're talking about, um, has helped me feel a little bit more comfortable with it because I tend to be the person that has a lot of questions or if it is vape, I'm just like, well, what else goes in there? Like, yeah. wh- like what is like, you know, I like the, the ease of it, but at the same time, it's like, I'm the person that's just like, I don't want a bunch of chemicals and things like yeah. that added to totally. it. And so um, I think it's, it's just consciously looking at and thinking about what you're putting in your body, how often, when, why, and having that more like intentional start with it. Yeah. Are there oh. any, sorry, I wanted to just, I wanted to see if there was something specific, if there was something specific on top of that for mothers. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I would say, um, with the work that I do, because you guys know that I do like a lot of readings and intuitive work and, um, I feel like the universe gave it to me as this tool because I don't have like hours to meditate and kind of, you know, listen to shamanic drumming before I go into a session that, um, when I intuitively tap into it, and I feel like this could apply to other moms as well in their own life, even if they're journaling, maybe they don't do tarot readings for a living, but (laughs) (laughs) that I feel like, um, I see it as mm, kind of like this bridge into higher frequencies Mm -hmm. that, it won't take you all the way, but that, um, 
it does kind of give you kind of this boost or a little bit of like a jump start to raise your frequency. So if you are a mom and you're leading this very busy life and, um, there's a lot going on, I feel like, um, it's, it's been really useful for me with that. And I think that when I think about that clash existing within me for like marijuana and moms, like if you're going to use wine, right? Like I would say like, if it's legal in your state, pretty much the same as marijuana and, um, to maybe like do, they can do some tests with their body and like ask their body what it likes better because I think everybody's different. Um, but yeah, I do, I do see it for moms as like a way to, and, and even James was saying, he's like, your life is crazy as fuck. Like you, you're like, you know, doing all this stuff to like build consciousness you know, with these healers and use what you got to use girl. Like that's like yeah. how James talked to me. But, um, I, I just feel like sometimes I see it as a tool and I just, I, I think about, um, like, you know, the, the oracles that like we used to, people used to go to and like, even like these like generals and these like, you know, high ranking men of our, you know, I want to say it was probably more of a matriarchal society at that point would go to these oracles. And like, I think I got really fascinated as well with like, that they would use, there was either like fumes or vapors that they would like chew on like different plants or substances. And, um, I think that we are very much in this time right now, whether you're a mom or not, I feel like moms just have less time to kind of quiet inwardly mm-hmm. and that they have to use the time that they do have, um, more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And I do think that it, I really encourage everyone to be turning really inward and to not be just looking at everything around them, but to really yeah. be looking inward for their own answers. And to me, this is something that does turn me to like a very intuitive, introspective state. And so if I am journaling or wanting to be really self-reflective and find what's best for me, like, I feel like I'm a mom that is like not getting a lot of time to herself, you know, if it feels right for her and her body is saying yes to it, then I could see that being um, a benefit for right. other moms like me out there. <laughs> yeah. I also love that, that you're making this, um, you're encouraging everyone to like, just ask what your body likes better. You know, it, it may, marijuana might not be the answer. Maybe it is wine mm-hmm. and just be okay with that. But also um, taking that step back and acknowledging what kind of relationship are you wanting with either or any of these substances. So like, if you're going to have that glass of wine, are you using it to numb out? and to zone out because then that too is, you know, let's dig into that. (laughs) Like, let's just understand that. And it's the same thing. If, if that's what you're going to use uh, marijuana for, then ask yourself like, well, you know, numbing is not going to solve this problem and let's dig into that versus using it um, in a productive way, if you will. Yeah. Or like an amplifier. Yeah. Like an amplifier. Yeah. Or even intentionally, like making the choice to numb is like one thing versus just numbing without thinking about it. Because numbing can be a form of coping and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But like if you're doing it with intention, then it's, then you're making an active choice as opposed to just 
using it without thought or intentionality. Yeah. Yeah. That's really true. Yeah. I do. Um, I do tend to be the person that enters into things like very like tentatively. Cause I have a lot of fear around things like that, that are unknown. So my friend was like, I have these like edible gummies. And I was like, Whoa, I don't know. That feels like different. And she's like, yo, it's fine. It's not that much. And she's like telling me milligrams and I don't really fully understand all of that. And I was like, Hmm. Okay. Like, I feel like they kind of sat there and I like had to eat like half of one and like, you know, just like, I really needed to like understand, okay, well, what is the time frame? How long does it affect me? Mm -hmm. Like what's the right time and space that I could eat this like half edible gummy to feel like there's a safe environment and that my husband's here. Cause I do carry some, I think healthy fears in some ways of like, (laughs) of like, not just assuming that, um, my friend who might partake more often than me, like that is going to have the same effect on my body. So I definitely have like, I, I don't know, maybe a healthy degree of like respect that like that, that um, of the unknown. And I think it felt it's, it's interesting for me to even like step into the unknown with it, but I do it. I take very much baby steps <laughs> personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hear you respecting yourself and your needs and your body too. And that's wonderful. So, um, is there anything else that I know we've kind of covered quite a bit? We even covered the history of um, marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) So like, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted to share or something that, um, yeah, something that we didn't cover so far? I do think one other thing pops in and it's like the plant medicine that's like most used by moms and that's coffee. And it never really, I never really thought about how we like caffeine being, um, a plant medicine. And I reading this book on caffeine was very eye opening. but how it's kind of been, um, used at this point, um, as a way to like, have to keep up with the rapid pace that like built our caffeinated world. And so I do think as well, like if we're in the place of questioning everything, like, I think it's also good to realize that, the coffee that I would say at least 90% of moms are drinking, like does come from a plant that it does have an impact on our bodies and that our bodies like do go through even a withdrawal process, like at night. And that's why we need it in the morning Mm -hmm. to like just reach our baseline, like level of consciousness and to feel okay. And like, we can be a good, like functioning mom and, you know, go through the day. So I do feel like I get a little tripped out when I start to think about that and how it's like, even like something that people give to kids, like on a regular Mm -hmm. basis, like in soda and that, I don't know. It's, it's somewhat related. I feel like it's a side topic, but it was on my mind. (laughs) Yeah, I love that so much because I, I am very sensitive to caffeine and I've thought about it as like this. Uh, that and sugar as Mm -hmm. like substances we use to make it through our day. And and I connect that then to like capitalism and all these other systems that force us to be productive and useful and and worthy. Mm -hmm. Um, But I hadn't connected it to like naming it as plant medicine. And I love that because if you name it as medicine, or at least for me, naming it as medicine feels like um, 
where I, I do intentionally make a choice in the morning of like, do I want like decaf tea, <laughs> decaf coffee or green tea? Like I have to be very careful with my caffeine, but like it feels like there's an intentional choice. And I think holding it as medicine as opposed to just like this thing that everybody drinks all the time mm-hmm. um, is just another drink, gives it something, I don't know, some a different frame. And I really appreciate you saying that. Totally. Yeah. I still like think I'm unpacking my own relationship with caffeine, but I don't know that I have like the guts or courage to do that with toddlers yeah. right now. And so <laughs> there's a better sleep routine. I definitely feel like if there's anything I'm like overly reliant on, it probably is caffeine at this point in my life. But um, yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. interesting, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have briefly mentioned James and your podcast (laughs) and we haven't done too much about like who are you outside of motherhood and marijuana (laughs) and you know who are you where are you how do people learn more about you how do they connect with you online yeah so our podcast is an amazing place it's called spiritual rebels and misfits and funny enough um, my best friend is he works a recovery program he is sober um, and he'll always share how he actually actively encourages and supports me using marijuana as like a normie, like someone that doesn't have that addiction, um, that addictive nature that makes it the gateway drug. Um, so we do unpack a variety of topics. Sometimes we talk about aliens. We were talking about, um, like intervening in, you know, if somebody's saying something shitty, um, you know, whether it's judgmental or, or racist or prejudiced. Like we had a, a fabulous guest that was like talking about how, how to intervene and how to like, you know, intervene without being judgmental and shutting down the conversation. So we go so many different places. Some of it's just things that personally matter to us. Other stuff is just like, we want to talk about the weird, the taboo, like the spiritual stuff that also has stigma around it and mm-hmm. just have a really open conversation in a fun way. And I feel like sometimes spiritual stuff can also like get very serious. And, um, I think of like Gaia and everyone's like over 65 and I kind of tune out. So we want to have (laughs) a place where, you know, there's no spiritual high tops where everyone can just like come to the table with different perspectives and views and with their questions. And we are in all of the podcast places. And we also have our, our spiritual rebels and misfits like group on Facebook so that we can keep the conversations going or like gather questions on topics before. Um, so I would say that would be a really good place. And then I do have my, how to make money being magical group on Facebook as well for the modern day healers, the astrologers, coaches, hypnotists, people that do things like that, that are building businesses. Because you're a coach as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I've been playing with like different words to call myself because sometimes I don't want to be like defined by a box that I'm mm. in. And I think that I have realized that a lot of like my offers and how I showed up, like I was really letting that define mm-hmm. it. And so maybe I'll like, I feel like I've intentionally sort of like distanced myself from the term coach recently, even though I carry those certifications because- I'll always be a coach, but I think I'm just, I'm, I'm playing with the identities, I guess you could say right now. And, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love that because I mean, I also on my, in my day to day don't use that title, but that is what I do. Like that, that's the verb of what I do, but that is not my title at all. Yeah. That's not like, it's what we do. And it's not like who we're being, I guess. I think it's like, just start. I think I want to hold it more as like a tool in a toolkit versus an yes. identity. Mm-hmm. And like, just because we share like a similar intensive coach training, which I feel like I very much like I had a hard time, like in integrating other pieces, because I always felt like I was breaking the rules after going through like all of these, like, you know, certification things where someone's like listening to you and telling you if you're doing the model, right. Like, I think I've like, really, I'm just wanting to be like, this is my tool. And I have all right. these other tools and yep. I'm just gonna grab it as I intuitively feel called and just like trust myself. So that's where I'm at, but yes, I'm yeah. very much a coach in my own unique, weird way. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. And also James has been on this podcast mm-hmm. um, in our last series on sexuality. He also was a guest and then we've been on your podcast a yes, few times yes. um, as well. So for our listeners, make sure to check those episodes out on spiritual rebels and miscat misfits. Um, <laughs> and then on ours, I believe it's maybe three or four episodes um, back in like I find a link to it so that you guys can have it so people can listen to you over there. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good episode. Just remembering like the time. It was like right before we like celebrated the the win like of the president. Yes. Well. Like we didn't know yet, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. We didn't yeah. know yet. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, that's great. Yeah, we can put those links in the um episode description for folks Mm -hmm. so we have a fire round that Barthi's gonna walk you through (laughs) a few rapid fire questions for you before we close water because I'm like (laughs) intense now no no um this is something new that we just started to do because we just you know why not try something new um (laughs) so this is actually our second time doing it Um, And we really hope that you enjoy it just as much as we do. (laughs) So I'll just ask you five different questions. And, you know, first thing that comes to mind, just answer that. What are you afraid of? Falling down a deep hole. (laughs) That's... Wow. I'm afraid. Like immediately as you said that, there was a pit in my stomach. I'm like, oh my God, that's my fear. (laughs) Me too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> what gets you up in the morning? My daughter, because it's 5.30 and she's crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, fill in the blank. Freedom is? Love. Mm, love that. So uh, what are you reading or listening to or watching right now? Hmm. Weird City on YouTube and a book on universal laws and mystery schools that I don't remember the name of on Audible. (laughs) Cool. Very cool. Um, And finally, this is our favorite question. What's your favorite curse word? Fuck. Easily. Yeah. Easy. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't um, even I feel like that one's going to win every time. Yeah. I don't even think we need to ask that question. We may we might want to reword it. Is your favorite curse word fuck? <laughs> Wait. Or other than the word fuck, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, that, yeah. I would like really what's, what's like a, yeah. a non curse word curse word. Like I know someone who says, "Oh, sugar." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um I'm sure, Ashley, you could relate a little bit. You can't say these words in front of your kids because that is the one word they will pick up right away. My niece (laughs) picks up shit. And then we switched over to, oh, shoot. Now she says, oh, shoot. (laughs) So we're just like, great. (laughs) My son is just getting there because he developed his language a little bit later. And I... I'm like, oh shit. Like we really have to be careful with this because we don't want him. We don't want to be those parents whose mm-hmm. kid says fuck at preschool. <laughs> He'll probably pick it up from the other kids, but yeah, I think you're right. I'm going to need some code words. So thank you for giving <laughs> me that homework. <laughs> Sorry. <Fudge>. Sugar. <laughs> oh, thank you for being here with us, Ashley, and being so vulnerable and sharing a topic that's still unfolding for you. Thank you both. I appreciate you to kind of gently and lovingly nudge me <laughs> in that- slightly you know uncomfortable area I appreciate it yeah (laughs) of course yeah and you'll have to come back again talk about another taboo topic yes Mm -hmm. I know we're covering we'll probably touch on spirituality Mm -hmm. um later in the year at some point so we'll definitely want you back then yeah Yeah. maybe James and I can come together sometime yes that would be so fun fun. (laughs) we could do like a crossover uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to do that. Mm. Wonderful. Well, thank you. And thank listeners, um, make sure to check out Ashley's podcast and our episodes um, with them. And uh, that will all be linked in the episode description. Absolutely. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Unfolding Sharp Corners. We consider this a community space where we can learn together. If you want to share your insights, questions, or feedback, we invite you to click the link in the episode description. We're on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode. And follow us on Instagram at Unfolding Sharp Corners. Make sure to leave a review so we can continue to explore more corners with you. See you soon.